0: oh my god <laughs> she did so good clap for her again please she's feeling self-conscious it's cool uh hello good morning watermark my name is mickey i'm gonna fumble around the stage and just kind of make it what it needs to be for a second um i'm the director of missions here for the church hi uh you said you wanted one of these right perfect So this morning, we are going to be talking, and this quarter, actually, from the missions board standpoint, we're kind of focusing on what it looks like to be the hands and feet of Jesus to children, both locally and globally, Um, how do we better serve uh, that community, you know, young kids and children and stuff. Um, So this morning, what we want to do is we want to be able to introduce you to an amazing ministry that we've been building a relationship with for a long time now. Uh, through our friend Sydney here. Would you like to come up? Is there a video playing? Not yet. (laughs) Not not yet. Um, So Sydney is one of our missionaries that we've been supporting for four, five, five, six? I think it's
1: like six years. Maybe almost seven.
0: It's like six or seven years we've been supporting her. Uh, And she works with an organization called Life Child, and i want to give the microphone to her for a second just to talk a little bit about the work that she's been doing uh, which kind of sparked our interest in being like how do we further partner with you how do we get down deep and like really set some roots together and build something awesome together and so she's going to talk to you for a second is that cool yes
1: that's great good morning everybody okay um so my name's sydney and as mickey mentioned um Uh, Watermark and myself and my family and Life Child have all been working together for about six or seven years now. Uh, My husband and my children and I visited your church about two years ago, and when I came to visit you and share with you, I had no idea that my life was actually falling apart, and it has been bananas ever since. So after we visited you guys in 2019, um, we went back to South Africa and were immediately hit with visa issues that ended up involving lawyers and traveling out of the country and all of this crazy stuff. So we did that with our three kids. Um, And then shortly after, um, my youngest son, who was born in Johannesburg, South Africa, ended up getting diagnosed with a rare uh, developmental disability. And uh, that was just the fight of our lives, trying to figure that out for him in South Africa. Um, And I want to say bless you guys and bless your church because you, you know, a lot of you probably didn't know what was going on for us, but your church has been um, so gracious to provide finances to us and more than that, to like really like ask questions about how our family's doing and to get to know us, which to be honest, not every church does that. So we were really blessed by that as well. Um, so in 2000, end of 2019, a couple of months before COVID hit, we made the really hard decision to come back to the States after fighting very hard to stay in South Africa um, because my child was really struggling, sorry. Um, So we came back in 2019 and it just really felt like the end of a dream being in South Africa but my boy needed it. Um, So God was very gracious um, through Pastor Anthony's leadership who you're going to hear from now to allow us to not only come back, but to continue serving Life Child. And um, this work means so much more to me now than it even did when I was on the field with them because um, I have a vulnerable child now. And because of many circumstances, you know, genetic, systemic, all of this that are out of our control, he is um, not privileged to live in the way that healthy people are. Um, He has like a hundred seizures a day and he can't talk and he has autism and it's just, it's really crazy. (laughs) But God is really good. I've learned a lot and um, I think that I've been really um, just so more appreciative than we even were before of the work that Life Child does because um, there's just stuff that's out of all of our controls and you don't get to pick who you're born to or where you're born or what challenges are going to face you in your life. And the kids and the families that we serve are really hard pressed in a lot of areas. And um, it's my joy to continue serving with Life Child and to get to um, introduce you to Anthony, who's gonna share more with you about it today. So you guys can also see um, the impact that your church is having for the kingdom. Um, And I can't, I really just can't express like, I served on the field. I know the people who are um, running these programs and loving on families we're an African-led organization. These are local people who are are sowing into their communities. And um, I've sat in so many meetings with the leadership and just felt such um, respect and admiration for the sacrifices that they have made um, and the vision that they have for seeing orphan and vulnerable children become generational uh, movers and shakers in their communities so that those that come after them will also be made disciples and Um, have opportunities to live thriving lives. So with that said, bless your church, bless you for the ways that you have supported not only my family, but the organization as a whole. And um, it's now my very great honor to let you um, see a video about our work, but then to have Pastor Anthony come up, um, our Life Child CEO and also the senior pastor of Life Church um, in several different countries. All right, we can roll that video.
2: Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. At Life Child, we believe that each and every child was intentionally created with value and purpose. Our mission is to impact children's lives so that they can grow up in relationship with God, being a blessing to their communities and reaching their maximum potential. Life Child exists to reach orphan and vulnerable children and to restore communities for generational change. Our approach is holistic. We try to take care of all facets of a child's life to enable them to live healthily and happily. The four main focus areas are education, health and nutrition, social and spiritual development. We are educating and feeding more than 1,000 children in South Africa, Malawi, Mozambique and Zimbabwe with more than 240,000 meals being served each year. We also provide emergency safety and foster homes. In South Africa, Life Child owns a Montessori preschool, one emergency safety home and a new foster home in one of Cape Town's poorest and most violent communities. We partner with various preschools in the area to make sure as many children as possible can have access to quality preschool education in a safe environment. In Malawi, our preschool is one of few in the area that allows families who can't afford private school fees to educate their children and prepare them for primary school. In Mozambique, Life Child has two fully functioning primary schools, one the Peace School and the other one is the Akalawa Children's Village. We also own a medical clinic and six residential homes for our foster care program. Each home has a loving house mother to provide the nurturing environment all children need. To achieve our long-term goal of building a self-sustainable platform for food security throughout all of our projects, we have purchased a 150-hectare piece of farmland. A portion of this land has already been cultivated and we have planted thousands of moringa trees. As soon as the funding is secured, we want to build a new ECD center in Malawi that will accommodate 180 additional children. In Mozambique, we would like to build six additional classrooms at the Akalawa Children's Village and two new classrooms at the Peace School. We firmly believe that every life matters to God and that if we can impact just one life, it'll be worth every effort we've ever made. I would like to introduce you to one of those lives. Meet Rejoice Chiwaiya. When Rejoice was born, her mother fell terribly ill, but by the grace of God, she survived. Since then, life has not always been easy for her family. Making ends meet is a monthly struggle. When the opportunity for Rejoice to attend the Moyo school arose, her parents were greatly relieved. Her excitement and zeal for school has greatly aided her progress, and she's a joy to those around her. With Rejoice being at school, her mother now has the time and freedom to run her own small business as another way to support her family. Through her connection to Moyo school, she helps with the school's tailoring needs. This is a constant income for the family, which helps them tremendously. We are thankful daily for the opportunity to help her and her family improve their quality of life and experience the true love of God. We want to bridge the gap between those who want to help and those who need help. We want to show God's unconditional love to each and every child since God has filled each and every life with potential and greatness. We want to see children grow and thrive, every single story becoming our story. Together, we can make a difference, one life at a time. I'm obviously very biased and say Hello, to you Watermark. that <laughs> just hold it for a second. I'm obviously very biased to say that this is a great work to be able to see a life being changed and a child being redeemed. And uh, and just because Watermark is such an amazing church, we've uh, our leader in Malawi, the, the wife of our, our pastor that leads the campus is there. Uh, she just wants to say thank you to you. So we just want to give an opportunity to say thank you.
0: Hello Watermark Church, I am Catherine Msonda. I'm the county director for Life Child Malawi. We just wanted to say thank you so much for the support that you've given to malawi we are supporting the children with education nutritious meals social support and also special support we are impacting lives in a city called baluti we are so thankful for this support because you are going to transform lives we say one life at a time and many lives will be transformed through your support thank you so much for investing in these children and may god richly bless you as you are starting to support us each and every month. We are so thankful and we appreciate the support. May God bless you. Thank you so much.
2: Give yourself a round of applause. Thank you, Watermark. What a great church. What a great church. Come on, you're the people, right? Get excited about yourselves. But I just want to say thank you. It's great to be here today. I brought my daughter with me, my baby. She's 31 years old. And uh, my wife would love to have been with us today. She's taking care of my 93-year-old mother-in-law. Um, I've been married for 37 years and uh, got, came to Christ in 1983 uh, in the very church that I'm pastoring today. I had the privilege of coming into leadership of the church in 94 when, we, when South Africa became a democracy, uh, came out of the apartheid years and, uh, and seen some tremendous change and yet many many challenges through all that. In 97, I was given leadership of our church. We moved into a cinema complex in Cape Town, uh, based in Cape Town, South Africa. And uh, and today we have over 75 nationalities uh, that comes to our church. We've planted 20 campuses in Mozambique, Malawi, Zimbabwe, Pretoria, and Cape Town. Um, But my most exciting part of besides seeing local church in action, I love love that we sang this song about love. You know, it's all about love. By this, shall all men know that you are my disciples by your love for one another, right? Uh, And then they said to Jesus, what's the two greatest commandments? You know, what should we really consider to be the most important commandments? And he just said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then love your neighbor. Love each other. It's almost like if you love God with everything, you are everything that God is. And that's why we spoke about the love of God in the songs. The songs are powerful. I love your worship in this church, by the way. You guys really rock. And uh, Tampa, Florida. My first time in Florida. Uh, it's great to be here. I will try and slow down because I know my accent, and, uh, but it's great to be here. We've, it took us a long time to get here uh, because of the, 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 you know, our strain of virus in South Africa. We've been banned out of coming here within 14 days of being in our country. So we went to go live in Mozambique for two weeks. We then flew via Ethiopia Airlines to Addis Ababa, then to Ireland, Ireland to Washington, D.C., D.C. to San Francisco. So we've been here. We left South Africa on the 12th of April and, uh, and so we've made our way. We've been in San Francisco. We've been to big churches, large churches, small churches everywhere, and uh, some great friends. But one thing I do realize is that we're all struggling and ch- are being challenged with the same things as we come out of COVID, as we come out of this pandemic. Uh, I, I do believe that God is, is re- he's recalibrating some things in the church. And so if you're okay, can I go to the Bible for a bit and we just talk about the Word of God and we'll come back talking about these kids because really it's about these children. That's very important. That's why we're here. But I want to encourage you from the Word of God today because it's every, everything that we do. One Word from God can change our lives. Everything that motivates us comes from the Word of God. And so if we're going to do anything, live in a, in a particular way and see difference in our families and our lives, is going to come because of God's Word. Uh, the Bible says, His Word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light to my path. And so if you want a better marriage, a better business, a better career, you want great kids, you want to see your life fulfilled, the potential of your life becomes significant, we're going to go to the Word. Okay, is that right? A little bit on the Word of God this morning. Um, I was reading through Paul's letter to the church of Philippi. And he says these thought-provoking words in Philippians 1 verse 6. He said, I pray with great faith for you. It's almost like as we come out of COVID-19, out of this pandemic, it's like, what would Paul pray for us? He said, I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work in you will faithfully. Can somebody say faithfully? Faithfully. He says, will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I have a real sense today, prophetically, but can I just speak into our lives, into my life and my daughter's life, but to all of us today, is that God wants to finish what He started in our lives. And, and this little COVID thing has been like an interruption. It's been like locked down, but we're not locked out, as we know, from the throne room of grace. But I want to bring us back to the importance of recovering the power of celebration. Because we, we sang about the love of God. It is all about the love of God. But it's also all about our love for God. And celebration, if anything, if I, as I've gone around from church to church, people have lost the art of celebration. They've lost their art of honoring, worshiping, the worth of God and, and the audience of one before God. Their, their, their devotions have been affected. Their, their intimacy with God has been affected. Wherever I've gone, I've seen the same symptoms in the body of Christ. And so I want to speak about this because if I think if I can bring it back to what it ought to be and how it should be and how it could be, we'll see something significant happen in and through our lives. And so recovering something means it's something that was, it should be, it could be, but it's not. The potential is there, but it's dormant, it's inactive, it's unused. It's like a volcano with all its powerful potential. There's a picture of a volcano I'm going to put on. With its powerful potential, but it lies dormant and inactive. It should, you know, a a volcano is there to erupt. It's there to, to show forth what's deep on the inside of it. And in a way, that's literally what our lives are like. God has got so much for us, so much He's put in us that is waiting to manifest. You know, we we love Ephesians 3 verse 20 where it says God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever think, dream, or imagine according to His Spirit that is at work within us. So the power of potential, what God has in store, what He has in mind is huge. You know what? And He's already working it out. He's already got it going. But He wants to finish what He starts. And so there's been a little bit of a a relapse, a little bit of a withdrawing, a little bit of a hiding out. People are still online, people are still not here, people are still holding back, some people are still resistant. They say about 30% of the church is almost nowhere to be found. But I want to talk about the importance of celebration. You go like, this is a weird topic to be speaking about, life, child, and the work you're doing with orphans and vulnerable children. No, I want to bring it right back to who Jesus is. And our response to God and to the kingdom. You see, celebrations actually burst our, uh, they, what it does, it boosts our well-being. It gets you to be what God wants you to be, to feel the way you should feel. Like never before do we find people struggling with, with, with depression. Just in Japan, in the month of October last year, more people committed suicide than the, than the whole of COVID deaths in Japan in the months prior to that. Never before have we had so much. Cal- I sat with a with a pastor who's got seventy. Sorry, he's got fifty three counselors on his team in Houston, Texas, and he said, "We've never ever been as busy as we've been dealing with people with depression, people who are emotionally broken, emotionally withdrawn. People are confused. People are feeling that they don't care. They don't, there's no, no one cares. They don't understand the significance of their lives. And so, what is this? there's no well-being." But when you understand the power of celebration, we'll see what it really is. It builds health into our bones. It builds health into our our bodies. One of the main reasons why celebration is important, what it does, it creates space for God. It creates space for God. It says, God, there's room for you in my life. And it reflects an overall attitude of gratitude and enjoying what we have. Instead of focusing on what we don't have or what we want in the future, it looks at what is present today. Who is God in my life today? Rather than looking where I've come from the past and what's, what's still lacking for the future. No, no, where is God today? It builds health when we have a healthy honor and respect of who He is in my life today. Number two, celebration is important because God wants us to celebrate Him and His work in our lives. A lot of people don't know what God is doing in their lives. Many people, they've got no idea, what is God actually doing in my life? What is He actually doing through my life? Because significance comes as a result of the understanding of who God is, but also what He's doing in your life. What does He mean in my world today? Psalm Psalm 13 verse 5 says, But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. God's unfailing love. It says, I trust in it. God's love is ever present in my world and in my life. And my heart rejoices, not just because of of my salvation, but because of what He is doing through the salvation. Philippians 4 verse 4 says, Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Every COVID season, celebrate, rejoice, let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. We lose us out of celebration because we don't know who we are and whose we are and what He's doing in our lives and what He means to us. What stops or interferes with our celebration? You know, when Paul says, don't forsake the gathering together of the believers as some of you are in the habit. Let me tell you something. They talk about the apostate, the great falling away in the last days. Let me say this. It says because of the the, the hearts of people growing cold, people will fall away. And I'll tell you something. It's got to do with celebration. The, The people are struggling to come back to Celebration. But let me say this, if you don't have a personal celebration with Jesus, you'll never come back to the corporate celebration. So when I talk about celebration, I really am referring more and more to a personal celebration. Intimacy with God, a moment with God, before God. And I'll tell you what affects our celebration and interferes is ignorance. It's a lack of understanding, it's a wrong mindset. Uh, Martin Luther King said this, nothing in all the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. People often say they have no reason to celebrate. They think they're unworthy, they've messed up, they've sinned. Well, that's because of ignorance. They don't understand who God is and what He means. They, they think their sin disqualifies them, that, that sin separates them. We know that sin separates us from God. But Jesus is the great reconciliator. He brings us into proximity with God. He brings us into a place of being able to come before God. No matter what we've done, what we've smoked, and what we've drunk, and what we've, where we've been, but in Jesus, we can be reconciled to the Father. Celebration is, a, is an after effect of that. It's a fruit of that. But ignorance keeps us separated, keeps us in darkness, keeps us in confusion, keeps us in bondage. And I, I love what Paul says in Timothy 4. He says, the Spirit clearly says that in the latter days some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to receive. Watch this with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. That's why Jesus said you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. The truth of forgiveness. The truth of grace. The truth of mercy. The truth of his everlasting love and his kindness. And I, 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 I can't ever be as bad as God is good. Amen. You know what I'm saying? His righteousness. I lean into him. And so what we tend to do is we lean into our, 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 our ignorant self, we lean into our confused self, we we lean into you know into the things that draws us more and more into darkness rather than leaning into who he is. And that's why the next point, I'll tell you what steals from us is the thief. There is a thief that's stealing from these children in life church and life child. There's a thief that's stealing from families in this nation. Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You see, when you lose the art of celebration, in other words, the value and the worth of who is before you, that everything that you do in life is because of him. That every, the reason why I can celebrate it because of his kindness, his mercy, his love, which we spoke about, his redeeming love, his, his incredible agape love. And I can respond in love, but love God with all my heart and soul and mind and strength. And I can love community and people. When that doesn't happen, it's because the thief has stolen from us. Steals your joy, he steals your faith, he steals your, you know, he steals your, your, your understanding, your knowledge, he steals truth from you, and he brings a lie to us. Tells you you're not good enough. But I want to talk about the third thing, just for a few minutes, about what really steals our celebration. It's called doubt. This has been one of the most powerful things that I've noticed in the body of Christ, serving the Lord since 1983. And I've seen God transform. I mean, I, I, came, out of a, I, I came out of, you know what it's like to be unsaved, right? And my father was an alcoholic. I grew up in a military home. I was in the military myself. My brothers were all in the military. We worked in nightclubs. I was a middleweight, full contact karate champion for South Africa. My brother was a heavyweight champion. His wife was a ladies champion. All we knew how to settle things was with fighting. We were aggressive family. We were a broken family. And in 1983, within six weeks, God changed my whole family. Transformed us. And I've seen the power and the love of God. I've seen the mercy of God, the grace of God. I see what God can do with a life that's broken. And I've seen God, and all my brothers and my dad, pastor churches. My dad retired in ministry, and my brothers all pastor. And I have the privilege, and I say, God, are you so you're so good to us? But I tell you something: out of all these years, I've seen this one word, doubt, become a reality in the lives of people. You know, people still say, "What's what's the use of getting involved in Africa? It's just a big black hole. It's a dark hole." People are making bad choices. That's true. I mean, right now, we've just been doing emergency relief in northern Mozambique because the ISIS affiliates have gone into the Coppa de Gul'da province in northern Mozambique and they have butchered and murdered thousands of people in the most horrific way. And we're now taking care of 800,000 refugees in Pemba who have come down from the Palma area with, within Coppa de Gul'da. And we're having to try and find food and we've got people from Israel helping us and from Saudi Arabia and from America and we, with the CBN. And we're trying, to, we're trying to find out how can we feed them? This is massive man-made it's a man-made calamity but does it stop us from being in his hands and his feet does it stop us from showing us and people have doubt they look at their own lives and say well I've stuffed up I've messed up so many times I doubt that God can do something with this life I doubt that my life could actually be better I doubt if I could actually change and be something significant yeah, I quoted Ephesians 3 verse 20 that God is able to do measure more than you could ever think dream or imagine. According to his spirit there's work within us. We go, I doubt if that's me. You know, it's, you know it was like that? In Exodus chapter 3, I haven't got time, but Moses said to God, you know God comes to Moses and says, Moses, I've got a dream for you. I see the need. I feel it. I have compassion. I hear the cries of my people in, in, in Egypt and I promise you, Moses, we're going to change it. We're going to set them free. We're going to do it. And what does Moses say? But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? That little word that Moses used was like an object that I have right here in my back pocket. And it's called a doorstopper. There's a picture of a doorstopper. There we go. How many of you know what a doorstopper is? <laughs> in the two weeks that we're staying in Mozambique, we lived in a very, very difficult situation. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't as comfortable, but this is the door uh, in my room that I had. At least I had a room, and this was my door. You see the little door stop at the bottom? It's This is the actual door stopper I've traveled all over America with because God spoke to me while I was lying on my bed and the mosquitoes were hovering around. And I saw this door stop and I thought, I realized that this little thing could stop that big door from opening up. I've seen little door stoppers stop big doors from opening up. In other words, the door's potential can. Sp- can f- not be fully realized because of the limitations brought about by the small thing. B- Paul the Apostle says, don't give the devil a foothold. Yeah. You know, right? Don't give the, de- the devil a foothold. The Bible says it's, that it's, a, it's just a small little lemon that spoils the br- It's one little bad egg that spoils the batch. Isn't it true that it's the small foxes that spoil the vine? Yeah. Small things make a big difference. You see, doubt is that small thing that makes a big difference. God's got so much in store for you. Immeasurably more than you could ever think, dream, or imagine. His Spirit is at work within you. But doubt is like a doorstopper. I doubt if God actually... You know, Moses could have literally stopped what God wanted to do in Egypt. But God, those three little little letters, it's a doorstopper. You see, God had told Moses that that he had created space for Israel in the Promised Land. And he was opening the door for them. But Moses nearly ruined that with his door jamming butt. Can I ask you, are you doing that to God? I'm not even going to speak about the promises of God for your life. The Bible is full of promises for your life. The call of God is clear for your life. The purpose and the plans of God. Jeremiah 29, we know it all. I know the plans that I have for you, says God. Come on, we know it. The problem is not the plan. It's the butt. It's the, it's the interjection. For Thomas, it was the word unless. Do you remember what happened with Jesus and Thomas? You know, the, Jesus is resurrected and, and the Mary see him and then Jesus reveals himself to the disciples in, in the enclosed room and Thomas wasn't there. Listen to what happens. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless, doorstopper, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands to his side, I will not believe. You see the power of doubt? The power of doubt. You see, God is actually limited by your doubt and by my doubt. My inability to move into what he has. That's why Jesus said to them, The problem is not my love. The problem is you need to love me with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And then you need to love your neighbor as you love yourself. You need to respond to what is possible. And doubt is a form of negative response. So what stops us as I close or interferes with our celebration is when you lose your reason to celebrate. When you lose your reason. People say, well, why must I come back and celebrate in the house of God? Why must I come back and, and honor God? Why must I come and just live my life large for Him? Why must I come and integrate with the body of Christ? Because the church is not a building, it's people, right? It's when we come together with our gifts and our talents, and together we we make Jesus famous. We honor Him. Where does Jesus go on On Monday to Saturday? Well, we go out and do what Jesus does on Monday to to Saturday. We come together on a Sunday, and we say, thank you, God, and we celebrate the goodness of God. But what interferes and what stops us is that we lose the reason to celebrate. Remember the prodigal son story, I haven't got time. But the, the two sons and the father and the one son says to the father, I want, I want my inheritance now already and the dad gives him his inheritance and he goes off and he squanders it. How many of you, how many of you have stuffed up in 2020? How many, how many of you have messed up? Is that a bad word? Stuff? We don't use the word stuff. Messed up. Messed up. That's language. How many of you have messed up? This year already you've messed up. How many of you are serial mess uppers? Come on, that's, that's me. All right, I, I, I understand that and and the, we're no different from the son who goes and messes it up. You know what I love about the story? It's not the story of the prodigal son. It's the story of the forgiving, gracious father. Because the Bible says that he was watching and waiting. I want to encourage you this morning. God is watching and he's waiting. And he wants you to come back. He says, don't doubt anymore, man. Just believe. Remember what he said to Thomas? Just believe, Thomas. Stop doubting. Come on, man. See my hands, Thomas. Put your fingers there. Come on, Thomas. Put it in. And the truth is, <laughs> the truth is that's what God wants from you and I, just to choose to follow him and to believe him. And that son just had to come to a place of realizing, you know what, it's better in my father's house. It's better to be in a place of celebration and in his presence and intimate with my father. Even if I was just a servant. And what happens is the father sees him coming, braces him and gives him a new robe, gives him a ring for his finger, shoes for his feet, cooks a fantastic barbecue. We call it a braai. Uh, like a roast, you know? Just like the best of the best. And what happens is the brother comes and finds out what well, there's this noise going on. He says, What's going on? And he hears what it's about, but he's lost the reason to celebrate. He's lost the reason about what mercy is all about, and what grace is all about, and what forgiveness is all about, and what reconciliation is all about, and what generosity is all about, and what kindness and sacrifice is all about. He would lost it. You see, love has died. His heart had got cold. And what had come in was unbelief, fear, unforgiveness, jealousy, skepticism. You see, ultimately you celebrate what you value and you celebrate what you love and what you give credence to. I want the worship team to come up. We celebrate what we value. It comes down to two things. It's a celebration of God and it's a celebration of life. That's what it comes down to. Celebration of God and celebrate, celebration of life. You see, for Moses, the only way he could recover his celebration was to come closer to the burning bush. The Bible says when God saw that Moses made his way towards the bush, it says that God spoke. He waited for Moses to make the move. I want to encourage you this. For some of you, you need to make the first move. You just say, God, I, I want to just come and be in your presence. I just wanna come and be intimate with you again. God, I've lost my intimacy. God, I I know what it's like to be intimate with you. I know how to hear your voice. Because Jesus is my sheep, hear my voice and follow me. Lord, I know your voice, but somehow I've just been too distant. I've been wandering around the desert a bit. Lost my calling, lost my compassion, lost my mercy. I just, uh, I've I've got too many buts going on. And there's too many unlesses and conditions, God. For Moses, he just had to go in closer to the burning bush. Well, maybe for Thomas, the Bible says that he had to literally touch Jesus. He had to put his finger in and he had to, he had, he had to experience Jesus. Maybe it's the, the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years suffering. And she thought, if only I can touch the hem of his garment, i shall be made well. And she gets on her hands and knees and she fights her way through the crowd. How desperate are you for the presence of Jesus? How desperate, how hungry are you for intimacy with God? Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. How much do you want it? How much are you prepared to fight for it? It's not that you have to fight for it. does not that you have to wrestle for it. But, you know, maybe we need to understand that we need to be desperate for him. It's not that he's not available and that he's so distant. No, no, no. He's coming past. And as he was coming past, she thought, he's here, I've got to touch him. May that be your heart today. Because God says to Moses, I see, I hear what's happening to my nation of Israel with my people, and I have compassion with them, and I'm going to go and save them. But the way I'm going to save them, Moses, is through you. And the way we're going to see Africa saved, and we've got churches all over, we're trusting God, we want to go to Iraq and Iran, wherever the church is, you know, wherever. Wherever the church in America, in the South America, the way God's going to save them is through you and I. Because he says to Moses, I'm going to save Israel, but through you. And that's where we're going. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Is this on? Check. Hello! Thank you so much for that. Can we give him another hand? So, there's a way for us to get involved with Life Child and the work that they're doing to help. You've seen the videos, you've seen the work they're doing, you've heard the heart uh, behind it. Um, Create space for change. So we have these things uh, that if you want, you can hand out, you can pass out. Um, If anyone wants to know more about what's going on with Life Child, how to get involved with sponsoring a child, Um, Watermark missions has decided that uh, for at least the next year we're gonna be giving $1,500 a month to the Malawi project Um, and we would love to encourage you uh, to support children from Malawi to actually go to the school Uh, so if that's something that you can do to partner with the missions to partner with life child that would be amazing so if anyone is interested in this let us know we can get you these someone will also be standing up in the back at the table back there for anyone Uh, who wants to get involved, sign up, learn more, ask questions, it's all there.
2: Actually, we can make it easier for you, because I know at times people get busy afterwards. If you want a a card, we've got a card that just helps you to understand how to be involved. Um, My daughter, my gorgeous, unmarried, 31-year-old daughter. Come and speak to me, I'm an agent. (laughs) Uh, we'll give you a card. We just, we'll give you a card right now. So if you want a, a card to know more about Life Child and, and how to be involved, just raise your hand and, and, and the team will come over to you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Come on, let's encourage all these great people. Thank who you are just so much. So interested. Just keep going. We'll make sure we get to you. And then can of ask afterwards, just before you leave, there's a table, and uh, we will actually be there with you, talk to you, and help you to understand what you can do to activate that involvement. So we would really appreciate it. Thank you once again watermark. Thanks guys You're guys doing a great job. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I'll see you in Africa.
0: Thank you. Yeah, we plan on coming and visiting you uh, So before we leave we want to go ahead and do the Lord's Prayer. It's something we do uh, communally uh, every week here So if you want to stand with me and say this like you mean it that would be amazing Our Father Thank you so much. Please go on the back. Talk to the Life Child team. They're amazing. Get involved. Love you. Watermark. Go in peace.